Hey, welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers podcast. When your mother has a 75th birthday approaching, it would be wise to plan a big celebration. And that's exactly what we did. So I'm hoping that many of you got a chance to listen to last week's podcast where I, one, introduced my mother to you and honored her with talking about her life a little bit. Excuse me. Um, And also uh, gave homage to her 75th birthday. And as I said in the uh, tease, when your mom is um, going to turn 75, you might be wise to plan some something sort of special if the circumstances allow. So <clears throat> my brother and I had uh, anticipated that this was coming and even back before the holidays, we're just sort of beginning to have the discussions about what in fact we would do. And we have um, family uh, out of town and as well as some friends that were all willing, ready, healthy to come and surprise her. So my brother was going to host it at his home, my brother and sister-in-law, Michelle, and I was going to help coordinate all of the details. My mom um, was um, born in 1946, so she did kind of the bulk of her high school teenage years in the late 50s, early 60s. So we, I decided, and she loves that music and she loves that era. I decided that we would have a sock hop. Mark uh, was uh, behind it all, but then I put an extra twist on it as I would to, um, to have everyone come dressed up, but then to give them characters. So I focused it around the television show Happy Days to sort of wish my mom off of the 75th birthday into her days ahead that they would all be happy days. You can all ooh and ah at the sentimental quality of that. And in doing that, um, I assigned characters to everyone. And so, you know, some of the favorites, if you're old like me, would be obviously the Fonz and um, Richie and Potsy and Ralph and uh, Pinky Tuscadero, um, Aaron. Uh, well, Aaron's the actress that played her, but um, the the I can't think of her name right now. The daughter, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Cunningham, Al, um, the list goes on. So everyone was assigned someone and there were a a good number of people coming because uh, some pockets of our family have um, children and so it was kind of a big deal. I, we had a photo booth prepped, ready to go with um, her birthday stone is a garnet. So the theme had a lot of red in the decorations and red balloons and 
the little fake 45 albums that you can get on Amazon. Myself and my cousin were going to be Laverne and Shirley and were fully prepared to uh, entertain with their song and their choreography. We're going to do it. On your market set and go now. Got a dream that we just know now. I think that's a, we're gonna make our dreams come true. Doing it our way. Nothing's gonna turn us back now. Something like that. Straight ahead and on the track now. Are you singing along with me? (laughs) Okay, I digress. So, my mom is a pre-birthday celebrator. If you, and I'm kind of this way too, kind of like it's an afterthought or it just sort of feels anticlimactic to go ahead and do a celebration after a birthday. So she's a pre-birthday celebrator. And originally we were going to do it the weekend prior to her birthday, but there were some conflicts um, in my brother's schedule. So we decided to plan it for the weekend after, which ultimately would make it even more, um, secretable, if that's a word, because I pretty much think that she would not think we would plan something after her birthday. So what needed to happen were a lot of things like going out to lunch and special things that would possibly make it seem like this was what we had planned for her 75th birthday. It had enough bells and whistles to it that maybe even though we shared with her that we we tried to do something on the weekend and there was a previous conflict, which she totally understood and and knew of the conflict. It was a friend of theirs that had a daughter that was getting married. So it all kind of made sense that um, whatever we were doing on the weekend prior to her birthday, leading up to her birthday would in fact be the celebration in total. When little did she know that all those efforts were really just the disguise of the greater plan that was to come. And people were coming in Friday from um, California and in varying groups of people and uh, checking in anywhere from Thursday night to their hotels, um, Thursday night to Friday And Friday night was just going to be, I had come up with a story about how to get her to my brother's house. And uh, it was going to be just a ring of the doorbell and one after the other, you know, spaced apart a little bit. And then Saturday night was going to be the big shindig, the big sock hop. As a matter of fact, I did send out some dances for everyone to learn. And we were going to give everybody numbers and put them out on the dance floor and score them. And, uh, I had then a, uh, three weeks prior. So a cancellation, um, my aunt Barbara couldn't make it. And that was a bummer. And her daughter, my cousin, Amy and her children were questionable. And so, um, but that still left a slew of folks and a dear friend of ours by the name of Sue Holiday. She was going to go by and get the food. We have some favorites in Southern California. And I know like when you go home, I am sure everybody understands there's like that place or two 
in our case, like 12 that we like to go to in Southern California. <laughs> Maybe not 12, but close. But two of the top ones are a little Mexican food place called Espio's. And it's been in our family since before I was born, meaning not that we, you know, had any part in running the restaurant. I made it sound like that, but it's just been part of our family uh, dining experience um, since before I was even around. And they have really unique, um, well, yeah, it's it's a tostada that everyone knows. It's um, if you if you've been to Espio's, you know of their tostada. It was it's huge. It's like a big salad on top of a uh, a tostada shell with beans and cheese. But then the salad is topped with a mixture of uh, finely grated um, white cheddar and jack. But here's the kicker. They have a salad dressing that then you sort of squirt or over the top and they it comes with like a half of an avocado sitting on top of that. And the dressing is the deal. The dressing is a red wine vinaigrette, etc., etc. They etc. etc. are the kind of secret ingredients, but you can't really have espios without an espio salad or tostada with that dressing. And then they have the best, the best corn tortilla chips they fry them themselves then they season them and like everybody kind of fights to look for the ones that has the more seasoning on it and then their salsa is just the bomb it's very clean and very simple nah i'm really good at cracking stuff but i would need to sit with it for a good while to see if i could figure it out because it's so simple but yet there's something tricky tricky in it and then they, um, I'm not an enchilada person, but they, their enchilada sauce is cray cray. So this was all getting brought over for Friday night. And Saturday night was a place called Vince's Spaghetti. It too has been around since before I was born and my family was dining there. Very different spaghetti. Can't explain it. Not like anywhere I've ever had. And if you're listening and you're from Southern California, you know what I'm talking about. And then you get either cheese bread or garlic bread with it. And they have a, an amazing vegetable soup. It's like a really limited menu. It's just what Vince's does and they do it well. And it's literally to die for. So Sue Holiday was bringing over the gold, the manna. The manna was coming over um, with Sue. And then my cousin Tammy, who is a dessert queen, was just knocking it out of the park with a favorite cake for of my mother's for Saturday night and then desserts as long as is my arm for um, Friday night. Then um, I get another phone call that Sue has tripped and hurt herself, hurt her back. And she will not be able to make it. Devastated for Sue. Was looking forward to seeing her. Yes, there was the issue of the food, but there were other people coming. We would work it out. And that was like the snag that you pull on your sweater. And I am not kidding you. I won't go down the list. But it literally was one grouping of people after the other. All the way until... Thursday morning when the last possible glimmer of activity for a surprise party would be coming over from California, um, I got a phone call 
that there was likely a stomach flu. And in fact, that's what it was, was a stomach bug. And so it was like canceling, canceling. So um, isn't it weird that, you know, like the best laid plans of mice and men is what comes to be, um, comes to my mind when I think about, it was just never crossed my mind that we would not be having this big celebration for my mom. But um, I wanted to give you the rundown because I am inviting my mom back for a following up a podcast. We didn't get to a few things that I really wanted to get to, but also I just wanted to talk about the fact that she's on this side of 75. When does your mom, you know, pass through a number like this and and you don't take the opportunity to really honor her all the way around. So today is going to be a little bit of part two of that, but I wanted to let you know sort of the heads up so I didn't take up that time when I have her join us here in just a minute. So that was the deal. And I, I got to say, I was I was disappointed that it didn't happen, but yet I had this sort of peace that, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad we tried to pull out all the stops in the distraction prior to her birthday and on her birthday, which we'll talk about when I bring her with, um, because I just had no idea that this was going to disintegrate. And these are people that were traveling, um, that had had COVID already, that had been either vaccinated, but then, you know, there was one, um, entity family member that couldn't come because then they got sick. So this was like a healthy, uh, celebration that we were just anticipating for, um, for mom's 75th. So life is interesting and you still go on, right? I mean, even something that isn't so non-essential as a surprise party, things happen and things change and, um, she still turned 75. So I'm going to bring my mom back and we're going to chit chat and wrap up the discussion that we had last week. Give me just a moment, folks. Okay, we're recording, Mom. Welcome back. Good to morning. The Terry Summers Podcast. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. So I let everybody know prior to uh, bringing you on that um, we did celebrate your birthday, your 75th birthday, as we told everyone we were going to last week. Um, and then I also let them in on something that you didn't know last week. Um, that was being planned, a big shebang. And then I told them how um, it kind of disintegrated. So uh, I hope, though, that you felt celebrated. Had you not known that we, because I, I told you, um, it was too much to not tell. <laughs> um, had you not known that we uh, were planning something extra were you feeling along the way that this feels celebratory or what would, would I don't think you had any clue did you no I didn't I thought that was a lot and it had already been a lot with you um and so I didn't expect anything else so no. I would have been floored if that had taken place because it's hard to surprise me yeah. And don't you think part of like what ended up being um, uh, a date change, like I told everyone that we're kind of all people that would prefer to celebrate our birthdays before the birthday, because like after it happens, it kind of feels anticlimactic to go ahead and 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the fact that Mark, I shared with them that Mark had had a previous obligation, uh, not obligation, but a, a commitment, Mark and Michelle. So that kind of worked in our favor, even though it wasn't ideal for us, it worked in our favor of keeping the surprise from you because you probably weren't thinking something was coming after your birthday, right? Yeah, no way. Uh-uh. Yeah, no way. No way. <laughs> she said, no way, Jose. Right. Um, but so do you, so I know this is a silly question, but maybe it's not. So now that you're 75 and you weren't last week, how are you different, if anything at all? Nothing at all. Surprise, surprise. You're just seven days yeah. older, six days older, seven yeah. days older. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Everything feels the same, but it was, um, it was very celebratory, even up, even this past weekend, because, uh, of course, you had cooked a very involved dinner that... Uh, well, it wasn't involved, but what it was, was, so like I told everyone about Espio's, and I told them that we were having food brought over. I forgot to tell them that one of your favorite things at Espio's is the enchiladas and enchiladas and i um as well as having the salad and the salad dressing well a certain amount of the amount of food had already been purchased um we were just waiting for the enchilada sauce to get here so with all that makings available for enchiladas uh we i just got some regular old not regular old but um i just got enchilada sauce and we did the red and green enchiladas and uh anyway and i tried to crack the recipe of the sbo salad dressing which i do think came pretty close and so we still have that but we didn't get the chips or the salsa so it was missing the mark a little bit but yes we went ahead and ate because we had food that we had to use we just didn't get all of it over here from california and you were I interrupted you. Did you, were you saying that something about that weekend you were, but I don't know what you're going to say. No, I was just going to say, so it, it was the birthday that just kept giving. And <laughs> so over a week of celebration, actually. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was fun at every turn and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm going to have a couple of enchiladas again today. It's <laughs> me. <laughs> Oh, you have some left. I'm hungry. They're very good. Oh my gosh, they're really good. I had yeah. Michelle, actually, I'm not an enchilada person, and Michelle isn't either. Michelle said they had some yesterday. So this is two days, right after. Yeah, today is. Yeah, they had some yesterday, and she goes, "Oh my goodness, they were so good." So they're kind of a thing that kind of maybe gets better even the second day. So darn it. Really, really good. How many you got left? Maybe I could swing by. I have whatever. a half of a trailer. Of a trailer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Even if I take my two out for lunch. Oh man. Well, maybe maybe if there's enough. a knock at the door, you'll know who it is. Okay. Hey, um, so we visited with you and that was so fun and last week to have you on and talk about your life and what prompted it was, you know, the fact that you were having this big birthday, but that doesn't mean that you wouldn't be worthy or a booking anyway here to be a guest on the podcast. Um, and you had some uh, corrections from your brother that listened and said, oh, this wasn't the same and that wasn't the same or something, right? I mean, there were some corrections from 
uh, from family members on the way you recollected it, right? Yeah, one in, well, yeah. One in, ago. one in particular was my Aunt Zella, and I had said that her husband was this very stern German, which my brother reminded me that he was a very stern Scottish man. So, um, Scottish. So, Scottish. We do yeah. have Germans in the family, though, right? You just sort of swap. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I have uh, in with grandparents or great grandparents. But uh, so he had to remind me of that and a couple of other little things. But that's what we do. Uh uh, you got that wrong. <laughs> it should have been this way. So, that kind of happened, but that's okay. Yeah. And we didn't spend a lot of time on Zella, and I don't really want to spend no. a lot of time on Zella today. But one thing I remember growing up, hearing that you guys talked about, was Zella would talk under her breath, and she kind of swear, and she often would say some bitch, some bitch, some bitch, some bitch, some bitch under her breath. And I want, I, I love that. She was very, I, she became uh, one of my favorite uh, characters of your childhood when I heard that she said some bitch, some bitch, some bitch under her breath all the time. Yeah, she also always had men looking in the window in her mind. Mm -hmm. And so we, the family had to reassure there was no one out there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, she just uh, had anxiety over different issues like that. Mm -hmm. But um, she accidentally yeah. did things like set fields on fire and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. accidentally. But accidentally. yeah, so anyway. Zella, um, what a cool name. I love that name. You, you, don't, you don't hear that. Yeah, you don't uh -huh. hear that name. A lot of those old so, names. Some of the stuff that I think, I don't know why, maybe because I know we wanted to keep it light and fun. Not that this isn't light in some places, but no one wants to talk about the work they did. But you were a, were a, and you aren't right now because you're retired, but for most of your life, you have been a hard worker and, uh, and a smart worker meaning smart you're very smart but um you started working and earning your way and paying for everything on your own when you were 14 years old and we didn't talk about that and it had it it evolved into many different things but then you're also an entrepreneur and um had two quite successful businesses and that was just a part that we didn't get to i guess it maybe it wasn't as fun to talk about that but you started working when you were 14 what happened there you couldn't even drive well no but my the family had a, a trucking uh business and so at 14 uh my grandmother ran the office and so she had um that was dora, dora rogers dora rogers yeah. if i wanted to come down and work after school and on saturdays in the office and I did. Uh, so I worked there for quite some time. And um, it was really good work experience and uh, laid a foundation for many years in administration and office management because that's what I did the biggest part of my adult life. So uh, I learned a lot from her and also just general secretarial and uh, which I carried through for many, many years. And then it wasn't. Can I know you for a second? Did you work in her down the street where she lived from us? Yes, in the home in the office. Family home. Then there was a truck yard. And eventually, 
after my dad passed away uh, and she sold the business, I worked for the, the guy that bought the business and I worked in the office in the truck yard, which was another experience. But, um, and so I kind of worked in that business. And then when I did move to Arizona, I continued the same type of work, um, just different places. And that was in 1991 when I moved uh, back to, or not back to, just to Arizona, where I live now. Um, yeah, because, but I, I guess it was kind of comforting for me as a kid that if you had to work, I liked knowing you were working around family. I don't, I guess that would make sense. I remember going down, we called her mom, right? Mom Rogers. We, I remember walking or going there after school or there was some reason I went there on a regular basis. I know that she taught me piano lessons um, uh, or gave me piano lessons, but I also remember working in that, like she let me play on the electric typewriter and my fingers just went to town. I mean, I, <laughs> of course I, that's as fast as I've ever typed in my life. Um, and, and, you know, you couldn't read any, <laughs> it was nonsensical, but I mean, then she also had a typewriter that went, you push the little thing over and lots of filing and stuff. I just remember thinking this was the coolest thing ever, but, um, I know that when you worked at the actual yard, um, it just felt comfortable to know that you were I don't know that like that was our family's place or it wasn't, I mean, at that time it probably wasn't, but it just was fun. You were gone a lot and that was, I'm sure sad for you. And, and I know that lots and lots and lots and lots of children uh, make, and especially in today's age, but you know, lots of children don't have parents home when they get home from school. And I think I really hated that. I don't think I ever would have said anything, but I remember there was a period of time that you didn't work, right? I mean, it was just a short, I think I was in high school where you did not, you stayed home. Why did you do that? I mean, how did you do that? Well, I don't, I, I never stayed home very long because the, where I worked was uh, for our church. We, we attended a very large church and I worked in the um, office there and for Dr. Cole for many years. Right, and but there so, was a period of time, like for, for about one year of my schooling where you didn't work. Yeah, I don't, I don't really recall okay. why. I don't know. Must why. have been something, you know, financially that was working well for everyone but um well, i think i was working on another opening or uh, starting another business that was it starting to open um the interior shop right right so um the you have a natural well you're very much an artist i know you painted when i was young and they hung on our walls and they were just interesting and cool and um but um, you are um, have a, a great uh, way with decorating and colors and fabrics and um, just ahead of your time even back in the day and um, our homes particularly later on maybe not when I was little little it was I guess uh, a new newlyweds and all that but our homes were really pretty and fun and you started a business called the interior shop 
that really kind of was a family affair. I know that one of the ways it got started, not to pat myself on the back, but because I don't have a fear of talking to strangers, you gave, you paid me so much uh, booking. Like if I called random phone calls from listings that you got and could talk my way into getting you in to do a, a measuring if they were in needed any draperies or, or blinds or flooring and um, all of that. And that really took off. That was like weird. I mean, it was great, but it was weird that that effort that you decided, what made you want to do that? I just always had that spirit where I, I worked so many years for people and I wanted to, you know, it's like I've, I've, always told the grandkids that if you um, have a job and it's something you're passionate about, it's not a job. Mm -hmm. And you, Terry, are one of a few people that I know that has done exactly what makes you happy, the type of work that you do, and uh, you're passionate about it. And so therefore, it never seems like a job. It seems like something that you just love to do and you do it every day and and really people get sucked into that thing when they take a job that they they do it for uh, for making a living and so they they get sucked into it where they do it for the rest of their life and that makes them very unhappy and so um i i know that when you uh started college and uh so you wanted to be an actress. Where are we you know, going like, with this? You're trying, you're, you're hanging on, you're hanging a left turn. This is supposed to be about you. I know, but I wanted to tell something because okay. that's what happened with me. I was always doing these jobs, you know, mm -hmm. comptroller, office man, all of this stuff. I didn't love doing. I didn't mm -hmm. love it. And so, um, and so I look at, I look at you, you were fortunate to do that. And even your brother. Um, because he didn't like working for people. And so now he's in real estate and he's his own boss. And the, the thing is, finally, there was something that I wanted to do. And it was work for myself and use that creative ability I had and work with the stuff that I love to do. Mm -hmm. And so eventually, after I came to Arizona, that's what I had an opportunity to do. And I opened... Um, a, uh, it was what do you mean after home. Arizona? Oh, you mean um, once I once I came here. But I mean, you uh, had the interior shop in California, which was successful. Yeah, then, then your dad died. He yeah, was sick and died of cancer, and he was forty-seven, and that was uh, really very difficult for all of us. Uh, changed our life completely, as those sort of things do. It's, it's like earth-shattering to go through something like that with a, uh, you know, a loved one. And so uh, after a short period of time, I moved to Arizona and then eventually uh, you and Mark uh, moved over, which I'm really, you know, glad about. But at, shortly after being here, I had this opportunity to start up and run uh, it's a home decor and accessory shop, kind of boutique-ish. And it was in a great location. Uh, we have a, a resort at uh, Old Litchfield Park called the Wigwam. And it's, um, you know, uh, it's always been a four or five star resort. Yeah. And they own property in this square. And so I rented um, a building from them. And so 
you joined me, of course, you know that. And we, it was a highlight in terms of uh, my work career because I was not only working with you, it, it was tremendously fun. And we kind of wanted it to be a little bit different than just uh, selling merchandise and making money from it. We loved every bit of it from, you know, going on um, our shopping trips uh, to purchase merchandise. But we wanted it to be where our customers, we de developed more of a relationship with them and consequently became very good friends with them. And even to this day, we still have contact with uh, several of them. And um, it was just a really great time because then I was doing something I was very passionate about. And um, like I said, working with you, but it wasn't your thing. I think you liked elements of it. Especially yeah. People, yeah. But it was not your thing. You were an actress. And so... Uh, but I still did were, all that. I just got to... Yeah. Yeah. But eventually, after a number of years, you were really booked for... Um, it was like a, there was a movie, there was a, a play, there was all this stuff one summer. And so our fall was just a huge, uh, that's when we made the majority of our income because in Arizona, uh, you know, your business drops down in the, in the summer months. And so once I thought, oh gosh, I don't want to do this without Terry. I didn't realize that at first because I knew there's no way you could um, help me at that point and be involved. And so, um, well, there were some also major changes going on with the resort that sort of put us in a pickle. So don't you agree? It was kind of a crossroads. It wasn't just a little bit. The, um, yeah. uh, they were, yeah, they I were had a new, new buyer of the resort, uh, Jerry Colangelo, who was, who was the owner of the Phoenix Suns at that time. And so, uh, he bought it, made a lot of changes. Um, we lost the lease and it would have just the been lease was going, they wanted us to go inside the resort and, right uh i did not want to because then you're kind of controlled by someone else right right uh and i i didn't want to do that and so made this decision that uh we were going to uh kind of dissolve it right yeah dissolve the store slowly and, but surely we got rid of merchandise but when everyone learned that we were closing the store it was oh my gosh it was so cool the people were so cool we, just we had customers, customers that would come and say please don't close it please don't come my husband and i will come in and work for you free if you won't close it and so that was pretty cool and we loved them all and it it turned out to be exactly what we envisioned it to be it was just awesome and, and you chose so, the name based off of, well, based off of, well, our name, a summer's right, price. But there was something, uh, something else. Yeah. But then when I was younger, uh, there was a movie out and a song out called A Summer Place. And so it kind of tied in mm -hmm. with that. And so um, that's kind of like how the name came about. And along with, you know, a few other things. And so it was just uh, a really something that I was passionate about and that I, I love doing. And then Do you miss working uh, that part, but I see we, I could have brought in more people at that point or hired, you know, people to just 
you know, help do all the stuff that you and I did together. Um, and, um, but that didn't appeal to me because it came more of a, you know, a, a kind of a family uh, thing in that sense. And um, so I just, I probably should have kept it for a few more years when hindsight, but I don't think that I would have enjoyed it as much. And it was all about, if you're going to be working at something you're passionate about, that uh, enjoyment and that whole thing has to be there. Uh, so that's why I decided that, uh, you know, it's time and it worked out really well to be able to, uh, dissolve it that way. Um, if you could go back and change, not just this season, but any season, and some people say there's nothing I would change, but if you could go back in your life and change anything, would there be something that comes to mind right away you would change? Mm. Probably a few things, a lot of them being um, some things, you know, just happen and you can't do anything about them like your dad's death and, mm -hmm. and those kind of things. But uh, I, I probably would have not let so much time go by before I was doing something that I really uh, loved doing. Mm. At, because when I look back, it was like, oh gosh, that was a waste. Um, but it was necessary in some regards too. And yeah, so not really income, changing right? things because I, you know, have great kids. My grandkids are huge highlight in my life. And I was able when they were younger to be around them a lot. Uh, when Mark and Michelle uh, moved from California to Arizona mm -hmm. and that's, you know, they'd only had one child at that point. And so, um, as I've mentioned before, even, you know, to this day. Um, and so I don't know that I would have made any kind of changes except maybe with regard to um, that occupation for so many years. Right. Um, and I, you know, one thing I was, when I was kind of thinking the other day when we were, we were talking uh, with about my, about my grandkids now, um, I know that, you know, when kids get older, especially teenage and above, their lives are so filled, you don't see them as much and stuff. But there's something that I really feel blessed about and thankful. Uh, it's when my grandkids, they will text or call me when there's something like uh, one in particular, when she's going to have a, um, you know, a heavy test or something. And she'll say, Grammy, will you pray for me? Uh, and my test is at this time or uh, something that they just, you know, they're concerned about, have a little anxiety over. And so that is huge for me, is to have that kind of relationship with them. Uh, because like I said, you're, you don't have uh, that much time as you did when they're little. And I just, that's just, you know, huge. Or they'll, now they'll even, we'll go to lunch together. And so it's kind of a one-on-one -on -one thing and uh, you get to really find out what's going on with them and it's, it's fun. And um, I was kind of amused because for so many years of, of doing that, when we would go out to lunch and we've done this even when they were little, um, just a one-on-one -on -one, they call it. And so of course you pay and it just kind of like trips me out a little bit that now they are taking me to lunch or they're taking me somewhere. And they actually have money or uh, my, grandson, <laughs> my grandson whips out a, 
you know, a card the last time we went out. And it's, I kind of have a hard time wrapping my head around that uh, because it makes me realize, wow, they're like mm -hmm. young adults. And so mm -hmm. that, that's still, you know, really um, a highlight. Well, but um, Girl, I want to make sure that I ask this question and I know we were, oops, my phone's going off. Um, I know that we, uh, had some things that we wanted to cover last time. But one thing that before we bring it to a close today, um, one thing that I wanted to ask, just it just seems like a suited question for um, to honor you and let you think about it over a course of, of as you told um, Isabel, three quarters of a century. Um, one one moment and you don't i'm sure there's more than one because with every life there's highs and lows but one moment pivotal moment um that you care to share because i'm like i said i'm sure there's more than one that was a low and then let's end on one moment that was the high and it can i'm sure there's more than one of those two but let's just pick one of each before we bring this second half of your podcast career to a close. Okay. Well, uh, I think um, the low that comes to mind, of course, is uh, when Doug died, my husband, and uh, all that went along with that. And he had cancer and it went very rapidly. And, um, and we were just wrapped up in that. And it's kind of when that was, uh, over um, the initial impact on it, you carry that along because you're still dealing with it and you're still in the grieving process and going through that. Um, so that had to be one of the major lows. And then my brother, my younger brother, uh, Doug, which wasn't as long ago as um, my husband, Doug, um, that uh, that was a difficult time as well. So, and I know when uh, there's a lot of people out there that have loss um, in their family and are loved ones, friends that they, you know, that they go through this and it's just, um, God helps you find your way through it. And um, it is something, I, I don't know how people can do it without God. Uh, leading you through it and directing you and loving you and caring for you. So I, that would be what comes to mind. Of course, it's, it's like a, one of those really life changing moments, both of those. Mm -hmm. uh, and then my aunt Jolene, cause we were like sisters and that was three years ago. So those things. And then, um, hi, the, the high highs or high, a pivotal, a pivotal high. Hmm. Um, sometimes you know, it's interesting to see if you can just pick one because it makes you sort and I'm, I would be curious if you can just tell me one, not for time's sake. I'm just saying if you had one high to say, what would it be? Hmm. Um, a pivotal high in for the, in those 75 years would be, um, having my children. And I, I, you know, when I try to like, well, you know, we have lots of highs and lows, 
but that has to be the I think the most important thing and it's been the most um uh, blessed thing that can comes to mind first is my children mm. so if that does it yeah well girl I am sorry that the surprise part <laughs> didn't happen, but it's weird that it didn't because it was just, it literally disintegrated down to the last nub. But um, we sure did enjoy the time last week. I did anyway. I hope you did. And um, I know all, of, I even got um, some messages from, Hugh, who ended up not being able to come and mm -hmm. saying, we still need to do this for her. Take her, do something special. He's just so sweet. He's your nephew and my cousin. But um, we will. We will gather. And Connie and everyone's tried still to send love and energy and yeah, they have. stuff your way. But it was a great time. And I'm so glad as I share with my um, audience that you're here to celebrate a lot of people um some others are gone and but it made me really look back on you and look at you in a different way thinking wow she's lived on this earth for a good chunk of time you know i mean i don't see you that way but taking and pulling back the lens and looking at you like that it gave me a, a brand new kind of um well, I guess appreciation for you. So I am excited for what this year holds and I wish you and pray for health and happiness and a lot more of what you've already had and even more of stuff that's better yet to come. So thanks mom for coming and hanging out and covering some things that we didn't get to. And I just wanted to have a chance to, to see what it was like on the other side of 75. Well, that's it right now. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it. All right, girl, yeah. don't go anywhere. I'm going to say goodbye to you formally after I stop recording, okay? I love All you. Right. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Well, needless to say, I love my mom. She is very special. And having this time to reflect on her and her 75 years has really sort of dusted off my eyes and cleared my vision about what a beautiful person she is and has been long before she had me. And I am so grateful for that, for this marker in history and in her life that we have had a chance to honor her in and uh, by and for and the gratitude that I have her still is, is great. So I love you, Sherry Summers. I love you, mom. I hope you enjoyed this podcast series all about Sherry. <laughs>